0: Yeah, when when Souza was uh he was boning that uh he he he, he was had, boning a hooker behind the stairwell. He
1: was like, uh, he was looking at Tinder all the way up when I was driving. We don't let Billy drove once. Yeah, we don't let him drive no more. And uh, he drove once when me and uh, Tommy were went with him, and mm-hmm. I was like, okay, uh, he's uh. Well, Souza. No, Billy. Billy. It was me, Billy, and Tom. The first time. So we Billy had, was on Tinder. No, this I'm talking about the first time we drove. Oh, Bob. the first time you drove. Billy drove, and that was the first and last time. We don't let Billy drive no more. He'll turn his back and start talking and to you. talk to you while he's driving. Like, hey. Oh,
0: like Jim. Uh, what was that movie? Uh, Dumb and Dumber. He's in the he's in the limo and the chicks in the back, and he uh, starts talking to
1: her. But yeah, as soon as he, uh, dude, man, he was on Tinder the whole time what do you think about this broad? What do you think about this broad? I'm like, I don't even know what Tinder is. You know what I mean? I'm like, Oh, she's cute. Oh, she's, I'm thinking these are girls he knows or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know,
0: it's just random people.
1: Ones that, I guess they had Vegas area things. He was planning ahead. Yeah. Yeah. But apparently like, yeah, he was partying with Billy. Billy lost him. Oh yeah. yeah. I hooked up with this, you know, chick and he did her in the stairwell of a parking structure. (laughs) And then, like I said, he brought the two broads back to the room (laughs) and he's like, and he's, telling these two girls okay be quiet don't wake frankie up don't wake frankie up and i'm like john you just woke me up dude said don't worry about it do what you guys gotta do i remember that one i remember that that. so he went yeah so he went and got himself a room and i guess he was like Boning one girl while the other girl was like either watching and then she went into the, <laughs> like the bathroom because she didn't want to watch. And I don't know if he boned the other one. I'm like, oh what? my
0: God, Seuss is out of control. I love that dude. He's gonna, he wants to come on the podcast. I'm gonna get, I'm gonna probably get him on next or something.
1: Yeah, I told, I was telling him last yeah. night. I said, like, dude, yeah,
0: yeah, that's how you talk. Yeah, yeah. Well, shit, man, let's get this podcast started. Um, ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to. The Raider and the Saint Podcast. I'm your host, Steven G. Gaxiola. I got my guest with me. His name is Frank Rodriguez, a.k.a. The Godfather. Let's get it going. What's up, Ibex over there? Give me some music, man. What's up, everybody? How you all doing today? Just want to thank all my supporters and thank all my listeners once again. I couldn't have done it without your guys' support, support, and all your good your good feedback and all your positive energy. Um, I also want to thank my past guest Manny Escamilla. Was um, one solid dude, and uh, I look forward to interviewing you in the future. Not interviewing you, but having more conversations with you. You know, you know about your uh, Your future in politics You know you got my support man You're you a young guy that's got a bright future ahead of you um, Keep grinding Keep going I'm here I'm doing the same thing um, Any news going on this week Nothing really went on with me this week Just working Work Eat Sleep Work Eat Sleep Got a couple more weeks of that And after that I'm on vacation During my vacation I'm going to make sure to go out and get some some good good interviews. I got some really good interviews coming up pretty soon. I'm excited for. Um, but once again, I just want to thank my my listeners and my supporters. I love you guys and I appreciate it. So, my guest I mentioned earlier, his he's a coworker of mine. Uh, he's almost got 30 years of service with UPS. Uh, April 10th will be his anniversary. We'll hit 30 years. Uh, he's he's a good coworker of mine. He's a good friend. We we've gone on many trips together to. Laughlin in Vegas and have many uh stories of uh gambling and and uh you know just just going through, you know being in Vegas and doing what we do in Vegas and stuff like that so I'm gonna let him introduce himself oh one fun fact about him his uncle is Jack Nicholson Jack Nicholson the one that was in the shining Jack Nicholson the one that's always in front of the Laker game so that that, that was a fun fact uh, I learned about him this morning when he came in so, I'm going to let Frank talk for a little bit. He's going to talk about where, where he's from, where he grew up. You know, tell the what's up, man.
1: Yeah, my name is Frank Rodriguez. I was uh, born in 1960, Santa Monica. We I grew up in Venice, California, till I was 14. Uh, it was pretty cool out there, I have to say. And then we moved Orange County. My mom moved us out here in 74, and I've been here ever since. And it I, I, I don't know. I think my... I think it would have turned out better if I stayed here, and rather than growing up over there. To tell you the truth, yeah, yeah,
0: for sure. Another thing that that w- what really uh, was inspired me is how many years have you been sober now from alcohol? 27. 27 years. Now tell the audience a little bit of what what you went through, you know, to to get to this point. You know, wh- when was the final breaking point where you said, "Hey, man, you know, I can't be doing this anymore. I'm a grown ass man. I got a family." Blah 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 when did that happen for you tell the audience and and you know
1: basically the night that it changed was eight august 14th 92 it's
0: crazy how they remember the date because i remember the day when i took you know my last medication to get off of phylae opiates i, I remember the date and and that date's always embedded in my brain now mine too so there. continue
1: yeah so without partying uh had a bad night, woke up the next morning, my wife was like, you know, what the fuck's going on? I said, eh, I'm." in my mind, I didn't really say much to her, I said, in my mind, eh, I'm done with this. And then, then we talked, we went, I turned over the, you know, the insurance card that we have from work and called that number and they sent me to a place in Newport Beach and, you know, I was down. The first two weeks, it was kinda to save my job then the second two weeks of the 28 days, it was kind of just to save everything I had, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, then I had to do follow-up and stuff there. And How did it feel
0: to humble your, you had to humble yourself. So you had to come to a point where it says, you know what, man, I'm going to humble myself. You know, I'm not going to be prideful. I'm going to call this number on the back.
1: Man, that's – I. Think for everybody. That's got to be tough. Yeah, you got to swallow your pride. It's hard to swallow your harsh. pride, man.
0: When I went to my parents for help, you know, I was born and raised Christian, and when I finally went for them for help, you know, it was like my the you know break the straw that broke the camel's back. You know, I I'd cried in my mom's times. You know, I needed help, and and you know, they prayed for me. You know, and then they sent me on my way, and that and that's how we doubt what things growing up. And, but that, t- I had to humble myself because they looked up to me. I mean, they didn't look up to me. They were proud of me. You know, I, I come from, uh, I have another sister and, and another brother. And I'm the oldest. So everybody looked up to me. I was the first one to graduate from college out of all my cousins. And um on both sides of the family because my dad, my mom and dad, they come from big families. I think my dad had like 19 brothers and sisters. And then my mom, Damn. I think my mom has 12 brothers and sisters and they're all the babies, you know, and. So, you know, when I finally had to, you know, come down and humble myself, man, it it was uh, it it was tough, you know. But but now, you know, what I've been through, it's 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 a relief. You know, I mean, that's why I started this podcast. So with you, you know, 20 plus years sober now. What did you do to replace that? Because obviously, obviously, from what I've learned from being an addict, you have to replace
1: it with something, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know if they for a while there, like I collected baseball cards. Still got to need need to get rid of that crap. Did you play somebody. poker? I know we. we I've play. been playing cards for a long time, but I I did uh, more of that. I got into kind of more of that playing and stuff too. Um, I did play golf. Um did we even play one? We haven't even played before. Didn't we play once? Um, uh, who was I with when it was. It U-
0: was Weaver, probably.
1: No, I, I can't remember who I was golfing with, but it, I ran into you, Wall, G, and somebody else at David Baker.
0: Oh, oh. yeah. We used to go over there, too, huh? Yeah. That's
1: a, that, that's a nice course, but it's kind of scary because every once in a while a ball will whiz by your head. Oh, yeah, yeah. I killed it a is.
0: bird there one time. <laughs> I, I shanked it and went straight and just killed this bird like like probably like 10, 10 yards away. Boom! Just killed it. And I was like, "What are you doing, dude? You're killing birds." I was like, "Dude, it was I didn't do it on purpose,
1: but yeah, it. They could get really bad out there." Yeah, so I haven't golfed that much. I bowled. I used to bowl almost. it was like two nights for a while there. I mean, I really didn't. What did it make it
0: things? Guess, it had to make things difficult. Difficult when you went out and and you, you're hanging out with coworkers or friends and you're so used to maybe having a drink and now you're not. I mean, did it? You know, I noticed today, like, like even like today when we hang out, we see each other. everybody's getting bombed up, and and
1: you're cool and you're just like you're just chilling. Yeah. Um. I'm trying to think. Actually. Within those two years at UPS before I quit, um, I had some friends. Mainly, it was Tommy that I hung out with. You know, we always pretty much do everything together. But um, I ended up my circle of friends, like that I you know grew up with, or at, once I quit drinking, dude, that shrunk mm-hmm. way down. Mm-hmm. And people I did stuff with went way. way down. Yeah, your your circle shrinks, doesn't it? Yeah, because I mean, most of the time I, when I was partying, I was buying too. So mm-hmm. things kind of oh. changed that way, you know what I mean? But I I still have a uh a couple good friends still that from then and then Yeah, it was kind of difficult at first, but I had two experiences. One at at the rehab place where I had to do the follow-up. Mm-hmm. There was a guy that was uh taking Vicodin's, like he said he was taking 30-40 a day. Yeah, Vikes. And then he was trying to tell me he was 30 like, 40 a day. He's probably got kidney stones still. The guy tried to tell me he was 33 years old. I was 32. And I called him out. I said, let me see that ID, you know, and showed me his ID and he was 33 years old. So that was Why one, he looked all shot out? He looked like he was 60, dude. Holy shit. I mean not not my like I'm I'm gonna be sixty yeah, in yeah, March. Yeah. He looked what I back then picture like a sixty year old dude. That's what he looked like to me. And I was like, man, I don't want to end up like that. Then at the AA meetings I had to go to, there was a guy there about my age at that time. Mm-hmm. And he would show up. You know, we would talk six months, seven months, eight months. Wouldn't see him. Mm-hmm. He'd come back. I got four days, you know, mm-hmm. 15 days. You know, and again, and I, I was like, those two guys scared me. So I said, after doing that for two, three years, it was like, I I think after three, it might have been four years I might have went to both places i just didn't go anymore because i had a friend who was uh kicking uh meth at the time mm-hmm. telling me "Nah, you got to do this and that and i said hey everybody's got their thing everybody got their thing yeah. i said i support you brother he's my still my good friend now
0: mm-hmm. did he quit he, eventually? yeah he's cleaning Whoa. he's cleaning this
1: over too and that's
0: the hardest one to kick from
1: what i've heard they call it the de- devil's dandruff yeah. i mean well look at you deliver, well, you've delivered in Santa Ana. Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. I deliver in Santa Ana now. I mean, I'm in a kind of a, what they would consider a nicer part. Mm-hmm. Remember when me and you, we did, uh, uh what was it, Lewis's route that one time we rode together?
0: Yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. And you was told me, hey,
1: man, don't leave your phone there in the drink thing, dude, in this neighborhood. And I was thinking, you know, I haven't been in one of these parts of a yeah. neighborhood in a long time. Mm-hmm. So I was like, yeah, I better put my. No, yeah, they stole my phone out of there one time. And I'm like, but and then you see like what i call me you see the zombies around like these i legitimately feel bad but it's like what is
0: it you know what i mean like we all we all we we finally say okay this is it man and you go and then once you say that's it you still got to go through the journey you still got your your physical withdrawals and then you got your mental you know withdrawals and also so you got your spiritual withdrawals as well and some people just can't break it you know everybody has their breaking point but some people just don't break it, and that's the outcome of what we see walking around in the cities. What, what is that you think? I mean you you being you know, a lot you know 20 years older than me, you know you've seen a lot more, you, you, you've learned a lot more. I mean because that's, that's mine because I had my breaking point. You know what I mean? I, I had to humble myself.
1: Well, they talk about people's having a bottom, and I think I was lucky that my bottom was what they call a shallow bottom. Mm-hmm. Some people's bottom is six feet under, mm-hmm. they, they die. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a matter of whether some people have the willpower or, I mean, some people. at least I had a good job and everything that, and I had the, the means to get there. Some people don't and, and they just give up. Um, I don't know that I could ever see myself like given up. But I guess maybe some people just don't have you know I guess we gotta look at every individual different. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I mean, like I like I said when I was at that rehab too, I saw people, you know, coming back. Oh, I'm good. And then all of a sudden they're back again. Oh, I'm good this time, Mm -hmm. you know. And then I'm back and I'm like, these guys are bullshitting themselves, but I'm not the Oh, uh, when I was, I was saying the doctor and, you know, I wasn't the teacher that or the, uh, I, don't know, I can't think of the word, but I mean, I wasn't the guy running the show there. Yeah. So yeah. You're
0: not the director. You just, I'm just someone you're talking to. But man. That's yeah. That's common. I mean, even when I was seeing my doctor, you would see guys come in and, and, and he goes, Oh, I've taken this stuff before. And you could tell they have multiple offenders. And I've talked with that with my, with my doctor. Uh, I'm going to get him on, though. I'm going to get that doctor on. He, he's a, he does, he, his name's Dr. Nazar. Um, he works with people that are heroin addicts, you know, addicted to pills. And then he also, on the side, he does, co- um, he does Botox and all that. He's like a nip-tuck dude. And oh, so, wow. uh, yeah, yeah. So he's a really smart guy. And um, I'm going to get him on the show, man. I really want, because I, I started this podcast because I needed to fill the void of what, you know, I've gone through in life I, and I always knew I wanted to do more because when you're a driver, I mean, do you get the satisfaction every day when you, when you go to work and go, Oh, you know, I feel good. I'm going to go home and chill. Like for me, it's like I'm driving and I'm like, I, I, I want to do more. I, I like doing this job. It's cool. It's paying the bills, but I felt always like I want to do something else. So, so I started this podcast, which, which is, is taking off and is doing good. How did you fill your void once you quit alcohol?
1: Well, I mean I tried to keep myself busy with doing other stuff i i you know I always still played softball with the guys at work. I bowled, I'd golf when I could excuse me um i but mostly it was that kept my time mostly was work because basically you know we only had the weekends um but yeah I didn't uh like dive into something else i know there are some people that have to like like really get into stuff and there's i know people that have quit that still have to go to the aa meetings and Mm -hmm. um they've never questioned me about like why i don't go Mm -hmm. and then you know i've asked them why and i say oh okay i go because i'm just i always tell them i'm too scared to ever think about taking a drink again yeah i mean like when i'm with you guys and like said, and you see us.
0: You see us because you were drinking around you. It doesn't. It
1: doesn't bother me though. I know you guys are having a good time, and it's always been that this is what the the guy told me at the rehab place. If it's not, you're not probably an alcoholic. If it's not affecting your job or your life at home or mm-hmm. your or your health. Mm-hmm. So there's people that can do it. I was just one of the ones Because they couldn't. Yeah, that, they couldn't. And. Um, like I said, that once I quit, too, that's when I found out how bad my anxiety was. Whoa.
0: Yeah, that's right. You had anxiety. I had oh, panic attacks.
1: Good. I had panic attacks at work, dude, and it freaked me out. You think that – do you think maybe that
0: well, – I mean, how is your anxiety now, though?
1: Um, well, I take medication for it, so um, – and once in a while – What are you taking, Xanax? No, nah, I was taking uh, – I, I have those. The only time I take the Xanax is when I fly. I still can't hang flying. dude.
0: I I just recently had severe anxiety once I was on the plane, dude. I almost I, I wanted to jump out. I go,
1: Stop! Put the fly the plane down. Back I know to, what I want to
0: get out. I want to get out. I want to get out. And I never had that. I, I had it once in Vegas like... on the with the big old Ferris wheel. I was stuck in one of the balls. Like it it wasn't stuck, but it was going, and I got severe anxiety. You know me, but also I was doing blow too at the time, but you know, I I broke through that, you know, once I became clean, I had flute recently and I was nervous thinking I'm going to have another anxiety attack. And uh, so I was sitting at the bar, I'm drinking a little bit in the morning and uh, I did it. I didn't have anxiety, you know, but it was scary because I was like, I don't want to experience that again. So either if it was me being on a blow or, you know, whatever the medication I was on, whatever I was, I was doing at the time, you know, I made sure I eliminated all that, and so recently I went flying and I didn't have the problem, but, you know, anxiety is a big thing. You know, I, I've waken up having panic attacks, you know. Um,
1: it's crippling. It can, uh, I mean, it's crippling, dude. I like, so I didn't know what to do. So I went, you know, saw my, my regular doctor and she sent me to another person. And back when I first started, I started taking Paxil, very low dose. Mm-hmm. And I was on that forever. And then me and my wife and Tommy and his wife were in San Francisco where I took four days, three days, whatever, up there, hanging mm-hmm. out, doing whatever, going to a baseball game. On the way to the Giants game, dude, I freaking started having a panic attack. That sucks. So I had, I had Xanax with me, but I left him in the room. Well, Xanax or? I had the Xanax with me. Uh, oh, yeah, me the Xanax. I thought you were talking I, about Xanax. I, I always took it with me, but I never really took it. I always took, it was Do you like, suffer from heartburn too, though? I, I did bad for a while, and I started taking that, and then now I kind of, well, except for you see what mm-hmm. I brought in today, that's mm-hmm. not, you know, I mean, that's yeah, not yeah. really good for my yeah, reflux. flux yeah. but.
0: What I've gotten from heartburn, from what I've learned, you know, because I suffered from that too for years, um, it's the acidic buildup in your body, and as and your stomach starts producing too much acid. exactly. And even when you're, when you're like, alcoholic, get it too, because what happens is there's a little flap where your stomach is and where your esophagus is, that little flap over time gets deteriorated by drinking and uh, drinking monsters, stuff like that. And on top of that, if it doesn't, when it does shrink, that acid in your stomach starts creeping up your esophagus, and that's how you get heartburn. But also people who are obese, people who's got big pot belly stomachs, that stretches out the stomach. Therefore, that little nozzle opens up, and then that's why obese people get heartburn and stuff like that. But you, you're skinny. You know what I mean? So, you know, so do you suffer from heartburn anymore? Not, I mean, you're not as much.
1: No, I don't get it like I did. I, uh But I don't take the the pills. I used to have to take them every day. I don't anymore. I kind of changed my diet a little mm-hmm. bit. But, like, you know what's hard is, dude, is I love Mexican and Italian food. So mm-hmm. it's like, you know I mean? Those are two bad ones because of the red. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, okay, so I'll take... If I know we're going to go out or something or whatever, I'll take the pill before in the morning, mm-hmm. and it gives it time to, to help me out. So if I do get it, it's not. Wait, what's the heartburn one again? I forgot. What I take a, a meprazole, which is, uh, that's the, oh, what's The it, like, purple one. Yeah. Nexium. Nexium. Yeah, I used to take that. I used to get prescribed that. I started 80, 40, now I'm at 20. So I, I you know, I took. You drink a lot of water? Yeah. Mm-hmm. At work, I well, still you look. Do.
0: You your skin looks good. I I don't see how you, you you should have heartburn
1: anymore, you know? Well, I mean, like I said, it'll be once in a great while. Like if I'm – when we go to Cabo, mm-hmm. I, I might get it. Mm-hmm. But I, not like I used I mean, I used to get it. I used it. to get it all the time, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, like – and that's, you know. I've had heartburn a long seven time. Seven days no in Mexico eating, you know, oh, yeah. eating like that. Plus, I mean, I don't know. It's just – nothing else to do i mean now i started eating fish i would never eat fish i just mm-hmm. for the last couple of years now when we go they when they catch they go out fishing yeah yeah and they catch the fish fish has always been fishy to me man mm-hmm. this i i can't believe how good this stuff is and i'm like mm-hmm. now, now you know what i mean now i'm oh, kicking myself seafood. now you I'm eat kicking. sushi you ever very sushi I, I i do but you know what i'm like a. you got to try new things man That's i was just crazy. gonna say that right now i'm i'm a such a basic eater dude yeah. when, when we were at that uh thing for brian g's that mm-hmm. uh, thing there was a like a dumpling truck outside that had the dumplings yeah yeah and this girl saying oh yeah so maybe you should try this or try that look at all those things she, i love this i go lady i go i'm just a basic eater i said i'm probably if i'm gonna eat anything i'm probably gonna get a quesadilla or tacos at that <laughs> at the one inside she goes yeah oh you don't know what you're missing out on i go you know what you're probably right yeah. i go but man, I, i'm serious i am such a basic eater man i i rarely my parents are like that
0: too though my parents are in the 60s they they always eat sizzler my dad <laughs> hated the same waiter every time he served us because he was his age still serving so my dad was you know his ex game banger so he always had that he was a you know he changed he became a christian when i was born born but he still had that gangster mentality you know and so he always had i i still remember those days we were basic eaters too you know and that's one thing i broke when i went when um, I started meeting new people in colleges, like trying new foods and stuff like that. But you gotta get out there, dude. I'll, I'll take you. To, I mean, I took my helper the other day. I go, Have you ever had pho? And he's twenty-four, just graduated uh, from Cal State, Fullerton. Shout out to Nick Smith, one of the best helpers I ever had. But anyways, I go, Do you try pho? He goes, No, because he's allergic to everything. He oh, he started getting he started getting rashes on his stomach one time. Uh, and he didn't know what it was. He kept going to the doctors and they finally the doc one doctor goes, What kind of belt is that? And then they looked it up. It was nickel. He was allergic to nickel. But my helper, he's allergic to anything. He can't take ibuprofen. Um, certain, like he was sick the other day, and I gave him pills. And and I was like, holy shit, it's got ibuprofen in it. He goes, oh, I should be all fine. But he was all shaking. And then he goes, sometimes you know, I get allergic. It's the ink they put inside the pills to make them that color and stuff like that. But he's he can't have shellfish. So, anyways, I go, have you tried pho? I go, it's basic. It's just noodles and beef broth stuff like that and i took it and he loved it man he was like wow you know 24 like man you've been missing out on he fu- fall fu- like once or
1: twice a week I'm, <laughs> I'm 60 i've been missing out for a long yeah almost 60 i've been missing out for my wife now that's different she'll she'll experiment she'll eat but she cooked dinner Could you that, yeah her? but she knows i mean like sometimes she'll make uh separate things for like does my daughter my granddaughter live with us at home too so like, for us to eat, and then she'll make herself something, and, mm-hmm. you know, and she's like, uh, you, you really should try this and stuff, you know. But it was, to get me to eat fish in Cabo, it was mm-hmm. like pulling teeth, dude. Mm-hmm. You, you remind me of that uh,
0: that show, it's called My, My Addiction, or, I think it's called something like that, My, My Addiction. And one dude, always eats was uh, cheeseburgers. Uh, one guy always eats his pizza. I mean, you're not that bad, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, he gets ideas and tacos, yeah. you know, but... uh I mean, yeah, man. I mean, if you can because some of these guys on the show, they try to help them, and they can't. They go, they can't. They try to put uh, broccoli in their mouth, and they start vomiting. You know, start gagging. Like, dude, are you kidding me? Do you ever watch that? My addiction? I know what you're talking about. You said the dude, he was in love with his car. Yeah. He's all trying to hump. He goes underneath the car, and he starts, he's humping it. (laughs) Remember that?
1: Do you see that episode? The the one I seen was the one uh, before these people were eating the Tide Pods. Now, the girl was eating, like, laundry detergent. Yeah. And I'm like... Wow!
0: No, they got some. They got some crazy ones. And one girl, she goes, "What?" Uh, when she goes, "I'm addicted to uh, acting like furniture." So like the roommate comes in and she's got the curtain. She's got the lampshade over her head, and like so she like today she goes, "I'm gonna be a fucking lamp." And then one day she came in. The girl she was laying on her like she would go, "I'm gonna be a couch," and she was on all fours, and she was telling her, uh, "No, you're good." She was telling her uh, uh, roommate to sit on me. Sit on my back, you know, on my couch today. Uh, I like watching that show. I I mean, I got to catch. I haven't watched it in a while. But I like watching fucked up shit like that because it kind of makes me normal, you know, especially with everything I've been through. One thing I wanted to, what what question I was going to ask you? Um, Let's see. I mean, there's so much to talk about, man. Um what do you think about what's going on with with poker? You know, I used to play a lot. I know we've played a lot together. And one thing I noticed is it, it has it died off.
1: I mean, what do you think? Um, I it's like the last time I was in Laughlin, they closed the poker room, in the Colorado Bell. Really? Yeah. So I think there's only two places to play there now: the Riverside and uh, Harrah's. Could be because. It's dying down. I mean, there's still, like, when we go downtown, there's games at uh, Golden Nugget, but you don't see that many people playing at the Old Binions. I think they changed the name of that place now. Um, there's always poker going on at uh, South Point when I go. It's not on TV that much. Like, they'll show, like, the World Series, they'll show the yeah. the main event. Is it still at Rio? Yeah, they'll show the main event, but they used to show some of the other events, too, and it's not on that much. But then they got this thing now. It's like pay to watch poker go. Yeah. So they, you know, they're trying to make money off instead of showing mm-hmm. it for free on ESPN. So I don't know that. I, I thought it seemed like it was kind of dying down a little bit, not, not as Big a craze as it was after Remember
0: that What movie was that It was Ben Affleck And some other guy And he was playing Online poker And it was based On a true story And then he ended up getting invited uh, To an island
1: Ben Affleck He was in charge of Like the the website Or whatever That might have been About uh, One of the ones That uh, When they clamped down It was the The one that they said Was a Ponzi scheme Ended up being yeah, a scheme. Yeah it was scheme. a Ponzi scheme Yeah, uh, Full Tilt Poker. I think it might have been Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there was another one, too, that there was a guy, an an ex-World Series of Poker champ. I think it was Ultimate Bet or something like that. The guy had software. He could see the other players' cards. Oh. And he was playing, like, big money games. And one of the other, like, big names at the time, I guess, was playing against him, and he said, I felt like... He could see the way he was playing. I felt like he could see my cards. They found out he was. Oh, the guy's man. name was uh, Russ Hamilton. Break, break his legs, huh? He, I don't know what happened, but you never heard like anything happened to him. And I'm surprised because, dude, you're talking old days Vegas. They would have mm-hmm. found him out in the desert, you know. Well, they wouldn't, wouldn't have found be, him yeah. out in the desert. What, what? What? One question I want to
0: ask you is: We had that conversation the other day. You know, for all my audience that doesn't know. Yeah, I'm addicted to a lot of things, okay? All the bad things, I'm not addicted to anymore, you know? But one thing I was, I loved to gamble. Well, I, we had we have a bookie, right? We I'm not going to say where we know him from, but we have a bookie. And I remember I told you, I go, I know about this guy. You know, I, I know about gambling. I've lost thousands and I have to hand over $2,000 at a time sometimes. And I saw the trend. I saw the pattern. You know, just like a, the poker player goes, it, sound, it felt like he knew my cards when I when I, the bookie when you start talking to someone and they start telling you and he start knowing, and shit went down the, the tube and I was old two hundred bucks, and you go what he goes back in the days we break their legs, w- what's going on with the with the bookies nowadays? I mean, is that is that just like another trend like like the 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 cheatingness and, and 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 I mean where, where's the game the pure you know, respect and stuff like that.
1: I mean, I, I remember, because I like to, things I like to read about and watch, I, I like, like the, the uh, Italian mafia. Mm-hmm. I like the stuff about the Mexican mafia guys in prison. I like to watch that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. It fascinates me to a sense like, no, nah, I wouldn't want to be like that, but it, I I thought to myself, it kind of fascinates me to like, wow, how did they get themselves tied up in that crap? Now they're stuck yeah. in it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I mean, um, Back then, you would read about, like, the Italian guys. If they won big, they'd go collect from the bookie. If they lost, th- basically, they'd tell the bookie, fuck off, you know? Damn. Because they were they, they were, were the, the mafia, mafia yeah. you know what I mean? But, like, uh, I know about, like, this dude you're talking about. Apparently, he, he owes one of our homeboys some money now, too. Yeah,
0: yeah, and I told him about that. I said, dude, I told you the first time. I've talked with the guy. It doesn't take me too long to figure things out, you know, when you've been around. And I told him and I said, Just stay away. And then sure enough, he goes, Dude, I knew better. I should I go, dude, it's gonna be legal pretty soon, right? When when is it supposed to where we can go to Hawaiian Gardens and put a, a bet on the on the Lakers?
1: It's supposed to be able to do that in the and at the horse tracks. Uh I believe it's supposed to be really? come up too from what I understand. Yeah. I, I know you can bet horse racing in some of the casinos now, but uh, I heard that it was going to be in some of the casinos and uh, at the horse tracks, or maybe it's just at the horse tracks. But I know we're supposed to be able to. They're talking about betting pro sports. I think bookies—it's always been a kind of a, kind of a shady thing. Mm-hmm. I had a run in when the Rams uh, beat the Titans. This bookie, he didn't. The way he was going to pay us wasn't what we what we made. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I was like ready okay, well let's where who knows where the guy lives. Yeah. Everybody was like, uh, you know what, he's just paying us this and let's just be happy, at least we're and I'm like, no, mm, man. Nah, I don't want to be happy, dude. I won. Mm-hmm. He
0: he's I did the same thing though. Like, for example, like <laughs> like for my bookie, I if I lost a big weekend, if it's two grand, I take the money out, I give it to him that Monday. Even though I still have till you know Thursday to pay him, I'm gonna pay him up front. Now if a couple of weeks later I lose a hundred bucks, right? I lose a hundred bucks. I don't expect that he's going to come crying for a hundred dollars, right? That week. Let me, you know, let me just run it back. I just paid you two grand. You know I'm good for the money. It's right. credit, right? right? I mean, that's as you get to know someone, it's credit. Hey, dog, let me borrow 20. I'll get you back. And and that's how credit. And it was cool. You know, there were times I'd be down 600, you know, but it's from other friends' bets, stuff like that, and I, he let me run it for like two weeks, and and I'd make the money back by bet making my own bets. So, you know, I knew things were going wrong when he would hit me up for, you know, twenty bucks. Hey, I need that twenty. You know, hey, and yeah, you lost five bucks. You know, like what? That's when I knew. I knew. I knew the stories. I knew. I knew he had a problem. And so. Yeah, that's when I knew, and then I, I I still made bets because I wanted to fucking win. I go, I want to fucking win, cause he, cause he, I would win, and he would, he wouldn't. He then so it'd be back. He'd be like, Yeah, hey, I'll give you credit then. So you're up two hundred. There comes a new week.
1: Yeah, that was probably the know? signs right there.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, he eventually he disappeared. You know, even though you know we work at the same place, and you know he started up again. And I told Jeremy, I go, he's not going to ask me because he owes me 200 And sure enough, he did it. You know, so, yeah. The, uh, I can't wait till I, I could walk it. because I would love to make a bet. You know what I mean? I did Bovada. No, no, no. It was a bet DSI. But even when you put money in, if, say, you put $100 in, you got to win about five to or $600 to, before you came to cash out. It's something, something crazy. And, uh You know, for me, like, I love sport, but uh, if
1: I don't have a little bit of action on it, then it it just, you know, it's a point. Is it too hard to, uh, or it's, well, see, to me, it's not, it wouldn't be the same. I've never, well, I've never liked the bookie thing. I've always, after, especially after that one. Yeah. That was like one of the, I just, if something went wrong, I was always worried about how am I going to go about getting my money if I'm owed. But um, what's the fantasy uh uh draft kings draft kings and stuff see that's is that that's not really they the got same. caught they
0: got caught somebody got caught a couple of years ago they like you said like they, they know your cards they they knew something within like the fantasy like like they knew the perfect lineup whatever and then they would tell their family members and then they found out they got caught so are things still going on in DraftKings? kings i'm pretty sure because i the most I'll win is like 13, 14 bucks. And, I, and there are some times where I'm like, dude, that's a solid pick. So, you know, I I do that. You know, I do that for UFC for sure. You know, instead yeah. of making bets.
1: I just the, I just thought it was different because you're not – you're just hoping a guy has a good outcome. I like betting like the parlays and stuff. And yeah, everything. yeah. I, I mean – I
0: remember th- that story uh, you guys tell me, and I still remember it. We were – we're all going, we're on the party bus, going to Laughlin. You guys had already drove up. We go up for, we always go up for what, Breeder Cup, right?
1: We would go for Breeder, Breeder Cup, Cup and for, uh, for. Uh, well, we always went. I don't know if the bus went, but we would we, either we go for the, the, Vegas the, um, the um, Kentucky Derby or the um, Breeders' Cup. I always went for both. Mm-hmm.
0: I remember we. I walked in, we were on the bus for three, four hours. I was all shot out already. And I'm, you know, what bet? What'd you pick? And you guys gave me the horses, and I went to make the bet. I came back, and I showed you, and you go, oh, that's the wrong bet. Go change it. For the wrong race. Yeah. Oh, it was the wrong race. Yeah. It was the wrong race. And then I went and changed it, right? You're like, oh, go. And I was like, okay. I was like, oh, whatever. And how much did I win? Was it like 380 bucks? It was something like that. It was big because
1: we split it like four ways ours we bet the same thing but there was like four of us to put in mm-hmm. and you said "No, nah, i'm just gonna leave it i said no nah, dude go back there and change it i mm-hmm. go it's too much ago to "The," and boom it hit so yeah that was my grandpa cool.
0: my grandpa was a big ponies uh my mom's dad was a big ponies player
1: my uncle that uh he worked for he'd Gre- gamble his whole check <laughs> my uncle that worked for greyhound when we go visit he'd always be they live in san francisco mm-hmm. and he'd always be doing the thing and i always wanted to go with them because there was two places up there golden gate and bay meadows yeah and he'd always tell me, no, it's a sickness, no, it's a sickness. And like when I was like twenty-two, twenty-three, 23, I started going to Los Al, you know, betting and, yeah, yeah. and two bucks in there on the, but that kind of that kind of got a little addicting for a mm-hmm. while. I never bet big, but mm-hmm. I always wanted to go. It was yeah. the excitement of the horse race because especially with the quarter horses. His
0: mutter was a mutter.
1: Yeah, especially with the, with the quarter horses because – that race is over 15 minutes later, man. Mm-hmm. You know, the next one, the thoroughbreds, they give them, like, 30 to 45 minutes, you know. Yeah. With the quarters, man, every 15 minutes, man, the yeah. the race is going on. Ah. At least
0: you didn't get involved with the ponies. I mean, not the ponies, the, the uh, greyhounds. Have you uh, ever been to a dog race?
1: No. You know, I always tell, uh, ask Billy that, too. Cause Do when they his, have them around here? When his kid, no, I don't think so. But his kid, you know, mm-hmm. lived in Florida. And I told him, you got to at least go once, dude, to tell us what it's like. But I don't think he ever went. But, uh. Yeah, I wonder what that would be like, too, man. I I probably would have bet – if it was close by, I probably would have bet that crap, too. I mean, I I do like to gamble, not like I – it's What do you think about
0: the horses that are dying in Los Alamitos? No, that's at uh, Santa Anita. Santa Anita, yeah.
1: I was talking with Billy, and I've been watching some stuff about it, and they're talking about the the track, the way they change the track. They're getting injuries. I mean, I don't know that – it's weird because that track has been around forever, and it's, that's where they have, the, they have the Breeders' Cup there, Del Mar, and at Churchill Downs. And, um, I mean, it's like a big racing – that yeah. place is like an institution. That's why it's not done. That's why they tore Hollywood Park down, and, you know, that's where the, the Rams uh, and Chargers are going to have their place at now. Okay. You know, because that track wasn't really – doing think it Santa Santa Anita's always – and Del Mar's always done – done well so i mean you would think that they could f- figure it out but i don't know i mean even the they just had the breeder's cup mm-hmm. you know and a horse died mm-hmm. at breeder's cup he got injured that's what happened you know? they're getting injured because of the track and i i can't understand why they can't figure out how to get the track right i mean mm-hmm. so i don't i don't know man it's kind of weird because i don't ever remember hearing about it before except for these last couple of yeah. years maybe this happening. and i'm like And then, like I said, Billy told me, yeah, they changed kind of the track surface. But I don't know if they made it a synthetic one or if it's still like dirt or whatever. But that's just kind of – man, if it's something's happening, I mean, hell, if you have to shut it down, you have to shut it down Mm -hmm. to – to do it because you know what they're asking for trouble in my opinion they're asking for trouble if it keeps happening you know what i mean lawsuits and yeah, stuff like that it's a lot of horses what's up in the mid 30s now i think yeah it was i think the last time i was like 34 or 35 mm-hmm. you know and that's i mean and you're talking about a big like you know santa anita is like a, an institution type mm-hmm. you know big deal uh racetrack and it's mm-hmm. like you, know, you don't want that publicity. yeah my grandpa's a big he my mom said
0: that he'd come home and build a whole check and and they have 12 kids I mean he had 12 kids and man he'd come home with nothing he 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 was in the world war two he was in the um, navy um, he was on one of those ships that got bombed and there he was lost at sea for weeks I forgot it, it, it had to be it was weeks wow and he would he wouldn't talk mom said he wouldn't talk about it he goes that's the worst experience i I will never want to talk about that ever you know like the worst experience of his life he said and so, uh, yeah, he, you know, when he came back from the Navy, he, after World War Two, he, um, he got a good business, like working at, you know, machinery company, whatever. But he would, my mom would tell me he'd blow every Friday. He'd be at the races, blowing his check. He'd come home with nothing. My grandma had to figure out how to feed everybody.
1: Man, yeah, but I mean, I, I, I that's one of my things though. I do like going to the horse races. Mm-hmm. I do but making like a it.
0: couple bets, I like that. I like my odds. You know, if I could do a, um, uh. W- w- I can't even remember what they're called—a parlay, oh exactas and, and trifectas. And yeah, those ones that? are yeah. nice to do. We hey, put a dollar on it, dude. You never know.
1: Yeah, I mean, I have lot... you
0: ever hit big? Hit something pretty nice?
1: Yeah, one time, me and Billy were at Los and we won. I we were, you know, every time like when we're walking up to make the bet, I, st- I start reading the thing and I mm. tell Billy, "Ah, maybe not this horse." And then we get it in that damn horse I threw out, mm. makes it in there. We would hit. So this time I said, "No, Billy." We're sticking with whatever we got. And I think we hit a trifecta for 600 and something bucks. So we got 300 and something bucks a piece. But I was in uh, Vegas and I forget what one it was, but I hit three trifectas in a row at at uh, Bally's. We were staying there at Bally's.
0: Oh, Bally's. I love Bally's. And I
1: won about close to 500 bucks on those three trifectas. Yeah, yeah I was like, all, <laughs> I, was all I was all jacked up. I, I was like, oh awesome. wow, this is nuts. So I just like, okay, I'm going to do a little bit more on this and I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. And still we're only talking about 20 or 30 bucks yeah. total. But I mean, I, I hit all, I hit three in a row. And Billy's just looking at me going, I can't believe this. I said, <laughs> dude, you see what I'm doing? Put a couple bucks on it, you know? Yeah, yeah. So he, actually he did, I think on the last one, but yeah. Um, that And, and to tell you too, that's my, uh. I mean, I like gambling with everybody, but horse racing, thats my favorite guy to go with. His Billy. Billy, yeah, man, He man, knows that it. guy. Didn't
0: he own horses or something like that?
1: He had one. Uh, he used to own this one. I remember the name was called Fly to the Lake. He, uh, but he's always been like a one twentieth. Uh, yeah, and but not anymore, I guess. But I get yeah, he was did it, and I mean, he he would know like oh that's the jockey that rode for us and all this stuff and everything, mm-hmm. and I would tell him about how actually I got decent not good but i got decent at the uh, quarter horse races okay you know started learning like hey this post position look at this that and everything and because it's a whole different thing quarter horses are thoroughbreds Mm -hmm. you know but uh yeah there's a couple times that we've uh been there and i just said i'm going with this guy because uh he screwed us last time and on the name of this horse he's on and boom it you know it hits and you win like 20 30 bucks and you're like but we were at uh I think it was the, for the Kentucky Derby. Me, him, and I, I can't remember who else was with us. Oh, uh, Johnny D was with us. And I bet this long shot it was 40 to one and I only put two bucks on him. Yeah. And so the, as the guys coming down the stretch, I, I show Billy the ticket. Mm. He goes, no way, <laughs> horse wins. So Jeremy comes up mm-hmm. and Billy goes, hey, Jeremy, check this out, man. And and Jeremy goes like this. Mm-hmm. Oh, you mean this horse? <laughs> Same horse. Jeremy bet yeah, like five for- or ten bucks on him. Yeah. He goes, oh, I just wanted to bet on shot because he had just got there. You know mm-hmm. how Jeremy is. Yeah, yeah. And I just, Billy looks at me and goes, unbelievable. I go, yeah, I go, I can figure that though for
0: Jeremy. Jeremy, J- Jeremy, Jeremy went so much. Like, you know, I've seen him. Uh, we're talking about one of my coworkers uh, also. His name is Jeremy Wall. Shut up the wall. Shout out. Shout out to Wall. I mean Vietnam used to go to Hawaiian Gardens. And I've seen him win five grand in like in like 30 minutes. But he's dropping he's dropping MAGA bombs, dude. <laughs> Shout out to Covington who got beat down yesterday by Usman. Did you watch that fight?
1: Yeah. It was you know what? There was a couple of uh things that are like Usman said he got hit low, but wasn't when they showed the replay he didn't, just above. But um, they only stopped it for, like, maybe 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. But then there was one where he got poked in the eye and Covington said, ah, you know, I didn't poke him in. And then they showed the replay, and he did. But Usman just uh, – that Covington dude, he's a big mouth. Uh, I don't like him. I'm just like I don't like McGregor.
0: Yeah. So when he's going go back to Jeremy real quick, <laughs> drop him MAGA bombs. He'd be dropped, like, $500 bets, $600 bets. And he's hitting – He's splitting. He's doing things like that. I did th- I did good too. I think it won like seven hundred bucks.
1: Yeah, when you guys when but. we were in uh when we were in Laughlin when you guys were playing mm-hmm. blackjack, yeah, you guys were like putting the money out there. I'm just like I watched for a while. I'm like going,
0: damn. I couldn't do that no more. My heart my... It was adrenaline rush, dude. It was a rush. Your heart's pumping, you know. You're like you... I
1: thought maybe you guys are just like really buzzed. So. Oh yeah,
0: of course. <laughs> that too. It's a rush. When you're making a bet like that. No, and it... then and I told Jeremy, I go, you he still does those bets to the set, and I go. I used to make big bets. Now I'm comfortable making like a ten dollar bet on a, on a, a two team or like Raiders in the under or something like that. that. That that that's good enough for me to watch the game, enjoy a beer and like that. But back in the days, you know, you you'd put you know, give me two fifty, let me take the over or the under or you know, or, or even at the blackjack table, you know, you're you're just start playing you know two dollar two hundred dollar hands, you know, and, and that rush you get, the heart pumping and. And yeah, I've lost a lot and I've also won a lot. One time I was up like 10 grand. We were at a this casino in Palm uh Palm Springs called the Caliente. Oh, Caliente. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a long time ago. I was in I was like I I think I was like 22 and me and my buddies, they had a um one of my friends, he had a, a timeshare. So we went to the timeshare, we were supposed to barbecue and hang out just the boys. And we go, let's go gamble a little bit. We'll, we'll come back. We'll barbecue. And, man, we didn't get back till like, 6, 7 in the morning. But I was up, like, 10 grand. And I ended up losing it all that same night. I was Oof. spilling beers. Here, here's a fresh one for you, sir. I mean, I got played. But I was so young, you know what I mean? But I, I knew I, I knew I had some type of – I mean, people go, it's gambling. That's what it's called. But no, there's still some skill behind it when you're playing blackjack. Yes, yeah, Or you're making a bet. Now, as far as craps, now you're testing your luck. You yeah. know what I mean Which I love playing craps but, So do I You know uh, But that rush You know People uh, You know Are you know Going back to uh, You know Addiction and everything Everybody has their Their, their rush Their Their Addiction and, and yeah I was a big gambler dude
1: Yeah you I know. didn't I never gambled like That big But I do Remember like When I started uh Coming to Vegas And like a couple of times You guys would call Hey you got 20-30 bucks So you can so I started taking extra money with me when I mm-hmm. go to Vegas because I'd be expecting those phone calls from you guys. Hey, you haven't? Can you make a hundred dollar bet for me? Yeah, I brought extra money. What oh do you
0: yeah, need? <laughs> yeah. Well, well, once we got that bookie, I stopped doing that. But yeah, I, I used to send you guys a money. Hey, dude,
1: can you do something like that? I just never uh, the th- the thing with the bookie, and even the the online uh, stuff. When they had to the get ga- i think uh there was the one that like uh it was called inner tops I think I remember that everybody used in the beginning with, and uh I don't know there was just something about it I didn't but i mean i played i played online poker but mm-hmm. um the one that cut off the one that I won on was party poker I made money on that site yeah, I lost yeah. money on full when I played full tilt mm-hmm. and that's i think there was something uh Going on there too, even though I was playing low stakes, just yeah, like I'd be bored. Well, excuse me, I think there was something even going on. I don't know, just I just like how can I win over here playing? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, everybody knows I play tight, yeah, 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 you do. And I'm thinking, okay, oh, like now I'm playing the same way, but I, I'm always getting jobbed, mm-hmm. and I'm like, ah, so well, I, you know what.
0: I usually, I usually cut it off, you know, close to an hour. But I want to come back. And I want to talk to you a little bit more. So we're going to take a little break. Okay. You know, I know you've been drinking coffee. And we'll be right back, folks. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Sorry, we had to use the restroom. Uh, there's a couple more things I want to ask uh, the Godfather. Mm-hmm. This episode is brought to you by Blue Chew. Chew it and do it. Music is by my good friend Frank, aka I Bex. I got two Franks in the building today. All right, I was gonna cut this episode, but I, I had to uh, ask another question uh, before we let you guys go, uh, Frank, The Godfather. How did you get your name, The Godfather? Because that that that's a that's a pretty you know tough name right there. You know, like The Godfather. Like I remember I would ask. Uh, Oscar would always say, "Hey, we're all going to lunch here, you know wherever it was. And I one day I was craving something else, I was like, "Oh, I want to go here though." And I, and I asked Oscar, can we all go here?" And he goes, "Well, let me run it by the Godfather." And he <laughs> ran it by you and he said, "The Godfather said it's cool." And I said, "Tell the Godfather, <laughs> thank you. You know what I mean So t- tell the audience, how, how did you get your name and how you know have you had it for a long time?
1: When I was a
0: shop steward. Uh, with the union that's one thing we got to get you back on about dude for
1: sure yeah when i was a shop steward um what year were you a shop steward how many years i can't remember i i stopped being the shop steward in i think it was like 2010 2011 or something like that when my dad his alzheimer's went to dementia and i had to i had to step in and do some things which is a whole nother story we can probably talk about next time for sure but uh Anyways, so all the younger guys, I got, you know, pretty schooled by the older guys when I was when I first started. So when I became the shop steward, I wanted to make sure the young guys knew what was up. Don't get pushed around. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you ever have a question, I don't care what it is, how small or whatever, you come to me. So when the, our uh, center manager at the time was a guy named Jim Liberty, mm-hmm. he was like, man, all these guys. Guys, they just, he goes, they all come to you and they're all telling me this. He goes, you're like the godfather. <laughs> he goes, you, you're making like all the rules and you're these guys are doing and whatever he's all you're sweaty. saying. And
0: Jim Litter's all sweaty yeah, too. All I mean? her, all yeah, all sweating
1: and all herky, jerky and stuff and everything. And so, so every uh, pretty much almost every day after that, you know, if something was going on. He was calling me the godfather and then Weaver started calling me the godfather. I remember
0: that one time that we had a Christmas party. I forgot where, whose house we were at. Or, oh, no, Bur- we were at the cul sac and no. then Weaver came in, and they the Burkage's house. Oh, yeah, it's Burkage's house. That's right. <laughs> I threw up in a bucket, dude. And I remember, I was and, and Terry, uh, R- Doug Rathall owned the limo. Co-worker of mine owned the limo. And so he would drive the limo, everybody drunk home or whatever. And I remember I had a, a Burkage sent me on the way of the white bucket. I just threw up all the way home. But I remember Weaver showed up and they go, Hey, who who invited management? Who invited management? Everybody was talking. And then he says something, you know, or he goes, he says something to him. He goes, we'll give you a pass. And he goes, thank you, Godfather. <laughs> I was like busting up, dude. <laughs> He's all thank you. Like he meant it to thank you, Godfather. I was like, "Oh shit. This is the Godfather dog. <laughs> I remember one time I applied to be a shop steward, too. And I forgot. I'm not going to say who came up to me. Someone that was already a team in, you know, that was in the union already. And they go, why do you want to be part of the union? And I looked them this straight in the eyes. I go, because I want to be part of the mafia. <laughs> <laughs> and he just looked at me, dude. He nodded his head. And he walked away. But I've always been treated well at the union. I've always been a big part in the, in the union. Um, so continue on. I mean, so Jim Liberty was the original one. Yeah, he was so. the
1: one. And then, I mean, there was like, a, you know, and then, like I said, like I school, you know, tried to keep those, just the younger guys. You know, up on hey man, you don't have to get pushed around. This whatever, and, and you know, tell people like hey, this is this is the way it is, man. Don't be afraid to ever uh, call me, even if it's the smallest thing, because you never know. You know, so, and uh, I guess it was just funny cause when Jim said he goes, yeah, man, man. They come up to you goes. And they're all like, whatever you say, they're telling me, no, you said this, and you said they don't have to do that. He goes, you're like the godfather. <laughs> so, and had, Whatever
0: happened to Jim Liberty? He was one of the, he was my first manager.
1: He, I don't know what, ha- I've heard different things. I know he, when he, when they got rid of him, apparently they were walking him upstairs. And he pretended to have a heart he attack. he did, the Fred Sanford, yeah. yeah. And then uh, <laughs> he, when he came back, they got rid of him. Then he went to go work with, uh, what's his name, his buddy, uh, Will Sides. In the uh, battery business, yeah, right? Yeah, and they had a falling out. And then Mike Roberts said you wouldn't even recognize him if you have seen him now. He's real thin. Didn't he get a, get a divorce too or something like that? Yeah, and he got divorced and everything. <sighs> but com- I'd
0: love to hear his story, dude. Yeah. He had to go. <laughs>
1: a couple of times uh, when we had parties at uh, Manoa's house out there in Corona, mm-hmm. he was supposed to show up. But I think with all of us there, he I think maybe he thought, ah, he didn't want to be there with, you know. He didn't want to ask all the questions. He would kick it with uh, Steve and Bob McMackin. I think Sandberg still texts him too. He might. I used to uh, uh, every once in a while. I still. Ha- I don't have his number anymore. But I used to text him every. Well, Jim, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing well. And then I'd say, Hey, give Will a kiss for me. And that would be the end of the conversation. <laughs> give Will a kiss. But remember when for me. Yeah, we would yeah. play poker? Though mm-hmm. we'd be. I remember the one time we were at Forks' house. And it was like three in the morning, and whoever left their phone out, dude, would they would use your phone or whoever's phone How to text him at like three oh, in the morning. Oh yeah, I remember that. And he would say, Hey, tell me when we got back to work, Hey, I know you're with those guys, man. <laughs> and I'm like, Hey, everybody's an adult, man. I'm sorry, dude. I, I don't know what's going on. How do I know that they're texting you at three in the morning? <laughs> Poor guy. That's man. funny.
0: It'd be Jeremy doing that. Yeah.
1: But I, I enjoyed, uh, being the shop steward. I, um, you know what I used to do? I used to like try to go once a month, if I had a day off and take like the guys on what would be like, what I consider the Tustin side yeah, yeah. working over there and I'd buy them lunch. I do the same thing with us guys over there and, uh, yeah, Fountain you have Valley, to position, yeah. Oh, I, I did. what not, made you,
0: so what made you quit? What made you quit? What made you get? I mean, I know I,
1: you were frustrated with a lot of things, but. I remember the first thing that kind of got me frustrated is when I got told, well, you can't win them all. And I was like. Isn't that what I'm supposed to do, is try to win them all? Yeah, yeah. And I wasn't, like, really hardcore, like, militant about it, but I didn't want anybody to... I didn't think anybody had to take any shit, and that's yeah. the way I was going to be, and that's when I came in and did mm-hmm. it, and uh, the people behind me were... That's why I got elected. Yeah. Apparently, the first time I ran, I lost by two votes. I, I lost by one. And there was people on... That's
0: what I was told, but it could have been lies.
1: And, and there was people on vacation, and apparently will Sides was our manager at the time and apparently he didn't want me to win so he didn't notify any of those people because he thought they would vote for me Mm -hmm. and so that was when addison became which was okay and then then i ran and i think whoever i ran against got like one or two votes and then uh when peterson didn't want to do it anymore and roberts came in I put my name on that list because mm-hmm. I thought we were going to have a backup also because we did at the time. It was Roberts. Yeah. Yeah. Then I told Roberts, I said, you know what? I'm not going to step on your feet. You've been the backup mm-hmm. and you've been actually doing it more than Peterson, who was actually the, yeah, you know, the guy I go. So I said, no, I'm, I'm going to take my, I'm going to take my name off the list. I caught shit for that from a lot of drivers, dude, what are you fucking doing? We want you back in there. I'm like, come on, man. I said, here's just my thing is like, uh, let Roberts, he's already been doing it. Mm-hmm. I think he was doing a good job. Mm-hmm. L- you know, I'm, I'm just going to yeah, let leave it, it, leave I, it I'm, I'm it just like going to let yeah. it be, you know? Yeah, yeah. And all I told Mike was here's the thing, dude. I said, just make sure whenever it's me, you, you go to bat for me 100%. Oh, look.
0: no, they bat 100%. Yeah. Um, they all do. Uh, he was in the But with you, me. the thing is, the ones that I always go putting, eh, eh, is because you ain't fucking doing shit right. You need to evaluate yourself, evaluate your life. You know, Mondo, one of the homies, you know, got fired, dog, and he <sighs> was he he was one where he thought he was right, and you're
1: not right. There's some guys that not. push the, li- and so you you keep
0: going to the union, and you go, oh, well, I need you to back me up. It's like you can't, I could can back you up so far, man. But you at one point you were like, hey, dude, what are you doing? You know, what I mean, you got 30 stops done at 3 p.m. in the afternoon. You know, something something's wrong. You know, there's no way union. If I was a union, uh, you know, a shop steward. I I can tell that, and I would tell him like, look at dude, I'm not I'm not here to pry. I go, can I I can't defend you, dude. If if you're not right, dude, you know we we get you that number, dude, or we get you that help. But I want to defend you, but I I can't defend someone where, you know, me my kids are out there and you're under the influence of something, you know, or you're not right in the head, you know. So is is there a fine line as far as a shop steward saying something like that to someone?
1: Not in my case, I never would. I would just do what I could but I always I had to have the facts because when I went to bat I was going to bat 100% for you so Mm -hmm. I need to know exactly what you're doing don't let me get in the office and then give me paperwork that shows what do you mean this is what's going on here's what we had documented he was in here without a shop steward and this is what we got let me show you this here let me show you that there and then I had to turn to look at the guy and say hey man you didn't let me come in here with, with all the ammo I needed to help you out this is what's been going on. What do you want from me now, you know, but there was a lot of times too like when management would try to bully uh, When Sam Ruiz was still in our center They were trying to get him for leaving the sorting the packages out at the mall hmm and uh, the the one guy I think at the time I think his name was Dooney He was like yelling at Sam. So I said hey Sam, can you step out for a minute mm-hmm. and, and it was Liberty was the manager mm-hmm. And they're both looking at me like, what's going on? I said, "That's I go, I said, we're done here. I said, there's nothing that's going to happen to Sam. What's go- I go, you're yelling at the dude. Open up the book. I just turn and I said, Article 37. I, I go, are either one of you two guys aware of what Article 37 is? Mm-hmm. They're like, well, at this point it doesn't matter. I said, no, at every point all these things matter. Mm-hmm. And I said, that's it. You guys aren't going to do nothing. So they went to uh, – I think George E. was the guy in charge of our building at the time. Mm-hmm. And George didn't do nothing because George went on—he went on my safety ride with me mm-hmm. because I guess they wanted to get something on me. So they had the guy that runs the building go on my safety. You know that's not normal. Mm-hmm. So he was telling me when he worked at the World Trade Center how they would leave stuff out and then they would come—you know—they would unload everything and leave it on these floors and then they would just come in do it and I said dude you're just telling me you did exactly what you're trying to discipline this guy for mm-hmm. Nah, sorry this ain't gonna fly mm-hmm. you know so I mean when I had stuff like that I, I you know I could go to battle but I think after Bobby Hahn, it was uh, I think it's Rafferty or who was it? I can't remember the guy's name and he passed away he got sick and he passed away and then we had uh, Grant mm-hmm. but I mean you know it was like hey it was a little different i think it was a little too i don't know i want to say a little i guess a little more hardcore than they wanted and i understand that there's sometimes you have to back down a little bit but that wasn't wasn't my style i w- i was going to go in with
0: yeah 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 you know i, I, I know what you're saying everybody ever d- been to a 396 meeting no but i mean they're you, like you they, they, that that's what that's what how they are they go in and they don't care what you're no we're we're winning
1: you're paying I, my feeling also too was you guys are paying your dues I'm not because i'm representing you mm-hmm. well you, you know so i i gotta get in there and mm-hmm. whatever you need want me to do if i if it's right i'm gonna go you know go do it i mean, what do you,
0: what do you think what do you think uh with this new election and 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 new people coming in what do you what does that do for you? How, how do you feel as, you know, someone who's grown up in the, with the union and stuff like that, do you do you
1: believe in change or, you know, believe in the same thing or sometimes change is good. Sometimes it. it isn't. Um, apparently the guy that's coming in is now trying to shop out someone to be, you know, business agent. And it's like, you didn't have everything all, all ready, to, that, yeah. all ready to go when you got, I mean, if you're going to do all that, and you're going to, you know, run, whatever, you better have everybody you gotta have ready to go. You know, it's got to be, I guess, January 1st. I mean, you got to be ready so to yeah, go. You to can't him, yeah. be saying now, hey, oh wait a minute. Does anybody want to do this? Does anybody want to do that? I mean, everybody says I, he wasn't prepared for this. I would love this. to
0: get involved something someone like that. I talked to him. He's going to be on the podcast, you know, once he gets situated, you know. But uh, I, I have to do things for the right reason. I got to do things on my own.
1: And, you know, man, I hope he gets someone good. I mean, I mean, whatever it is, he won, so he's he better represent. I mean, that's wh- what the job's gonna be. If and I told him, I said, "Hey, if you win, I go. You're gonna. Have, it's you got a big burden on your shoulder. You're gonna have to really prove yourself." Mm. I go, and then we're, uh,
0: ladies and gentlemen, and just letting you guys know, we're talking about uh, we're we're part of a union and Teamsters, 9-5-2, and we just had an election, and there's gonna be some changes. And we're 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 just discussing, uh, you know, uh, politics and how things work. And we, yeah, we don't mention names and 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 stuff like that because, uh, you know, if you ever seen the Irishman, you know, <laughs> you know, you'll understand. So I, I apologize, you know. Um, but it's good stuff we're we're discussing here, you know, because uh, I get to learn from someone who's seen, who's been in the union a lot longer than me. And you know, me. I mean, I'm union. I'm team, sir, I'm here, and that's it. You know, so. Continue on,
1: but it, so I I told him, and then I congratulated him when he won. Mm-hmm. On a personal level, I, I get along with the guy. He's never mm-hmm. been like mm-hmm. any kind of way to me that I wouldn't. So you know, I'm cordial with him and stuff. But when he won, I said, okay, you know, congratulations. But now you now you got to prove yourself, dude. You I said, I said it, and there's going I go. There's gonna be a lot of people, a lot of people looking for you to screw up. I go so. You know, I hope you got it all together. And then I heard this, you know, recent thing that he, he's looking for a business agent. I'm like, oh man, can't have that. Sorry. My battery's about to
0: go on my laptop. It wasn't plugged in. And I'm plugged in now. Oh, my battery almost died, dude. Oh I <laughs> lost this uh lost this segment uh for the second time. Uh we we were recording earlier today and something happened, my computer crashed again and we were like conversation like we were 30 minutes in so um other than that man uh i want to thank you once again frank godfather sorry godfather i'm sorry i didn't have you on the first episode you know uh, but but thank you for so much for coming on the show man i I had a blast man i know i don't get to talk to you all the time like like we did today at work you know but you know i got you know like i got to see you and uh i want to thank ibex over here For the music and everything And ladies and gentlemen I want to thank you once again For listening to this podcast And giving the support that I need I couldn't have done it without you guys I'm grinding I'm going hard in the paint Taking care of myself Taking vitamins Drinking water Getting plenty of rest Trying to eat good food Trying to get to the next level Because the next time you see me I won't be walking I'll be levitating And I'm out Love you guys
1: So check us out.